The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Thou bloody, disgusting, gory be the ill-born thing. Pieces putrid, zombies vile, scores of corpses now defiled. Not exactly Christmassy, but there you have it. Hello again to the Dark Trio, it's Elliot from Tasmania here, wishing you all the compliments of the season and a very happy 2022. I do have a question, however. Is there a horror movie that you've watched once that you will never watch again? For me, it'll be The Orphanage, that Guillermo del Toro produced film from the mid-2000s. Yeah, saw that once and uh, reduced me to a blubbering mess. All the very best for the new year, folks. Be safe, be kind, look after yourselves. Bye. Thanks, Elliot. And I apologize to the second question we're going to have today because I don't think... and. Frankly, I don't think any of the three of us can live up to what Ellie just provided to the show. It's like very festive and holiday cheer. Happy holidays and new year, Elliot. It is a very festive song, Elliot. (laughs) And it melted our hearts. So thank you. Very much so. Thank you. It's always appreciated. And any callers that want to sing to us. (laughs) All right. Sure. That that could be the thing now. Either you text or you sing. Those are your options. (laughs) Next, we want dancing. Oh, yeah. Oh, when we switch this to a video podcast? <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I'm very curious to actually hear you two's take on this one, like what you two can't watch again in horror. So let's let's start with Xena. Okay, yeah, I, I have a couple. Uh, first one that immediately came to mind, Eden Lake. That movie ruined my life. Oh, yeah. yeah. That'll do it. <laughs> okay, that's so, a good answer. I watched it once, and that was enough for me. Um, 
followed by I also have um, Megan is Missing. That oh, movie yeah. ruined. That my would life. be a never watch once for me. <laughs> yeah, just don't. Honestly, don't. Um, also, uh, just because this is is also very brutal. Um, the girl next door from like two thousand and seven. Mm. And then just the last one, just because it just it made me very sad. Odd Thomas. Aww. Oh, yeah. Sure, you can see that. How about you, Megan? Okay, I'm I'm odd because. <laughs> If it's a movie that I like, even if it's hard to watch, there is a probability at some point that I will eventually revisit it. Like, I have seen Eden Lake numerous times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also helps that I write about horror, so then you kind of have to, have to revisit some of the stuff. So I kind of went a different way with this, and basically the less inclined I am to revisit stuff usually has to do less with like whether it makes me cry or it just makes me have some repulsion or whatever it, it's more to do with things that kind of lose stuff by your first watch like heavily twist if, if the movie's heavily reliant on a twist like i'm not oh. really inclined to watch the others you okay. know i watched it in theaters and then i tried revisiting it later on and it just was kind of a slog to get through because i already know what the hook is yeah like old boy yeah that's a <laughs> yeah that's tough or the sixth sense even oh the sixth sense i could the watch sixth it, sense another. Is, it works different. Again. yeah but things that yeah. you know like goodnight mommy you know where mm-hmm. it's super simple and so there's not really any story stuff to grab a hold of. Once you get to that major kind of reveal in the third act, you're like, okay, well, I don't really, it's great. And I really, really enjoyed this, but I don't really feel the need to watch this. Right. Sure. I get that. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty, anything that's like excessively like brutal, like something like Megan's missing. Obviously, I, obviously I've already said I haven't watched. I saw the trailer and I'm never going to watch it. <laughs> But anything like excessive like sexual assault mm-hmm. or but like I spit on your grave, I yeah. probably won't watch it again. I think once was enough for me, um, although it keeps popping up on streaming and I almost want to give it another watch just to see, you know, now probably 25 years removed or so since the first time I saw it, like if it would still be as brutal. And I think it will be. Mm-hmm. But the one that I immediately thought of was Slither. And I know you two love Slither. It's so great. Slither. Do it. The I don't particularly like slugs in general in movies, but it's actually the wife in the barn that oh. does it. I'm like, nope, nope, <laughs> nope. She She's not just... even the wife. She's just the poor girl. Or yeah, yeah, she, she she's the incubator, yeah. basically. That's right. Yeah, nope, nope, can't do it. Can't. That's <laughs> as comical as it is. I can't get past it because that's just like, like that's worse than being like a host to a xenomorph for me. Like that's way more palatable for me to watch a face sucker and then like get stuck to a wall and know that they're gestating a xenomorph than the idea of what that poor girl is going through just expanding full of slugs that are moving around inside. I don't even want to talk about it. But so that that's just like oh, too much. I feel like I should recommend you Nick Cutter's The Troop. It's uh, a book. I'm gonna say no then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other than that, you know, normally the movies that I don't want to go back to, it's more just that 
it's not that they were scary. It's not that the, anything in particular. It's usually like I didn't like the acting, or or if it's just really sad. You know, like I get it with the orphanage. Or you know, for me, it's stuff like leaving Las Vegas and Million Dollar Baby, where it's like, oh, I just don't feel good at mm-hmm. the end of it. Maybe I should in some way, but I don't. I'm not gonna watch it. So yeah, no, good question. Never really thought about that before. Maybe because I don't want to think about Slither. <laughs> Okay, second question. This one's from Charles. Didn't sing us a song or anything. But that's okay. Hi. That's okay. It's okay, Charles. We appre- we still appreciate you reaching out. Uh, Charles, hi. I just discovered your podcast. I'm enjoying it a lot. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to see if you all had watched Slacks and In Fabric, which highlight clothes that kill. Also, what other new horror genres would you like to see? Well, I know that Xena can kick us off talking about Slacks. Yeah, Slacks is so great. In Fabric, too. Like, I love, you know, clothes horror. (laughs) I think that it's fun. Um, And then also, hi, Charles. Um, Thank you for finding us. So just a recommendation. If you haven't seen I'm Dangerous tonight, it's about an evil dress, you know, um, where they used to use the fabric to, like, sacrifice. It was like a blood sacrifice, and this girl makes a dress out of it. So... Yeah, it's directed by Toby Hooper. And it might be streaming on YouTube for free. Might be. So it's from the 90s. It's a good time. Yeah, and Charles, if you you end up going back and listening to our old episodes, there is a point where Xena uh, assigns me to watch In Fabric. So I do talk about it a little bit. And I do like, and I actually liked it because it was so David Lynchy and weird. I was like, I don't even know what's happening with these these department store workers. This is just (laughs) craziness. It was just like um, witchy women or something. But okay, kills. I'm sorry. The question. Um, okay, well, I don't really think that this is new, but I have a thing for like homecoming horror. So think like um, we're like so- coming home or high school. Like coming home. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, like uh, we're still here, or even after midnight. I think we all watched obviously both of those movies, or we all talked about after midnight that came out last mm-hmm. year. So. Uh, movies like that, and I feel like we need more of them. I mean, I do. Please and thank you. Yeah, well, After Midnight's fantastic. I think I might actually be talking about that later on Patreon. Ooh. But debatable. I think I, I had a three-way tie with that one. Okay. But you have to subscribe to patreon.com slash pod to hear that. <laughs> uh, I was I was suddenly thinking I want more aquatic under or aquatic haunted house horror. <laughs> no, that's true. We need it for the depots. I I don't know where else aquatic haunted houses could go, but I'd be fascinated to see it. Also, I really like dream stuff. Uh, between Ooh, yeah. uh, I keep forgetting the name of it. Was it Come True? Yes. Between how surreal Come True was with just like classics like Nightmare on Elm Street, like if you actually know that the dream is a part of the trope, that's fine. Just don't end the movie with being all a dream. Yeah. Like, have that just be a part of the movie and then scare us within that. How about you, Megan? Uh, I went in a very similar predictable route. Um, <laughs> first, I, I have a silly answer. Aquatic werewolves? But... <laughs> They're just shaking themselves dry the entire time. <laughs> doggy paddle to get to the victims oh no. 
<laughs> but like distracted by a floating stick in the middle of the lake. <laughs> go fetch, good boy. No, uh, but more seriously, weird aquatic horror mashups. Just aquatic horror, you know, with haunted houses, with whatever. Just stick more aquatic horror. Find new ways to to bring bring that subgenre uh, more mainstream. Aquatic space be, horror. Figure that be, one out. They could you, be like a theme park aquatic horror. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, have you heard about that? Uh, I mean, there's a documentary about it, too. But it was the old, um, it was a, a like water slide amusement park out in New Jersey called Action Park or Action City. Class Action Park is a documentary, and it is amazing. Yeah, it, Whoa. Yeah. So it's funny because I first heard about it on Kevin Smith's podcast, Modcast, because he grew up in the area and he went to it when he was little. So the other name that they used to call it was Traction Park because they talked about how many kids would get injured. The kids that died getting oh sucked gosh. into like the wave machine maker. It's nuts. So yes, you could absolutely do something like that. There technically is. Isn't it called like Aqua Slash? Like oh, a water park yeah, but uh, slasher? It's not but I hear underwater. No, know? I want more. <laughs> yeah, I. That movie's more funny. Jaws I hear it doesn't really capitalize on that concept either, but I haven't seen it, so I don't know. But yeah, give give me some go go crazy with it. Lots of water fun and horror, please. Speaking of water fun, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone. The podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for the Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hello. And you know her from her YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Heidi ho. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do our quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So, Zena, what's been filling your heart this week? I checked out The House of the Dead, a.k.a. Alien Zone from 1978 on Tubi, which that Alien Aww. Zone title, I don't know if that would fit. Um, but it's basically... I thought it was Yui Bowles. Bummer. No, it's not. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it follows... It's, it's like an anthology, you know, horror, and there's uh, different segments. There's about four, and then it also has like a wraparound story. And um, I randomly just selected this one because I like the poster. The poster looks really cool. There's like a house on top of it, but then it's like melting into like a skull. You know, it's like, whoa. That is I exactly like... how I picked out my movies, you know, growing yeah. up. So, yeah, they sh- they really need to go all in on, on designing a cover they box, do. quote unquote. They do. And honestly, I've, I've never heard of this one um, before, but the wraparound story, it follows this guy who's actually having an, an affair with a married woman. And he decides, you know, so after they do the business, you know, he decides to leave. And his cab is just so, like, the cab driver is just so rude to him. Drops him off at the wrong location. It's raining. It's late. He doesn't know where to go. Um, and then pretty much this guy helps him out. The guy, like an older man. He's weird, you know. He just so happened to be a mortician. Mm, that sounds familiar, you know. So, um, and yeah. So basically the guy, the mortician, ends up telling him stories that, you know, uh, talks about the bodies that ended up being you know at at this facility you know and obviously it does have heavy tales from the hood vibes or obviously tales from the hood got their idea probably from them you know and also it it, it feels very much um tales from the crypt ish you know um but yeah i i won't go into details about the segments or anything like that i think that you should check them out um because it's not too long i think this movie's only maybe like 80 81 minutes or so so 
very straight to the point. It's it wasn't like a drag or anything like that. And this week, I watched like a lot of movies, and some of them were over two hours. So it was just really nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was just really nice that this one was was under that. But um, my favorite tale, though, it actually is about an elementary school teacher who hates children, and she goes home. You know, after being rude to her students as always, she goes home. You know, trying to live her life and. You know how movies, obviously, they have, like, music and they're playing it? It was just nothing. And it was just like, wait a minute. This is Mm. creepy. You hear nothing. It was just pure silence. And um, she starts to feel and actually starts to see that there might be something or someone in her house with her. And it has, like, a cool little twist. Yeah. If you like monsters. I I do. You do, Megan. So I think that that you you might appreciate this one. And But, yeah, again – I really liked it. I feel like um, even with that segment alone, it's very strange. It didn't go in the direction that I thought, but um, it was really cool. And again, this is a movie from the 70s. So expect like 70s type of uh, things. It's, you know, a lot of talking, but it's worth it. Then the second thing is I rewatched American Horror Story uh, Coven uh, from 2013 on Netflix. And I did that because I have an upcoming video dealing with something with that season because I mean no one could see the hand movement but you guys could That's <laughs> she's good hand for puppeting me. <laughs> um but yeah for for those of you who who don't know and I think I told you guys this I really love American Horror Story I know that it's not perfect but it just makes me feel great and um along with the first season and this season uh Coven these two are my favorite Favorite. So the series starts off introducing us to a teenage girl named Zoe, and she's sent to new, to like a New Orleans uh, set boarding school for witches, and where she's joined to, joined with other uh, three other girls who have special powers. Zoe's powers um, have to do with her lady parts. So th- there's no teeth down there, but she can make <laughs> <laughs> she can make men's like their uh their brains kind of like leak or something. I don't know. It was just it's like whoa. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, she could just pretty much turn their brains into goo, and it's just, it's not literally, but it's it's pretty cool. Like it's like their brain brain is leaking. I don't know. And then there's another girl who's a human voodoo doll. There's another one who's like a movie star, but she's like a mean girl with telekinetic powers, and she's very fabulous. Like the whole wardrobe in this season is out of this world. Like inspiration. And then um, okay, if you guys don't care, I'm sorry. I keep on going. Point is, um, I really enjoy the series. This we season. do care. I'm sorry, I'm getting so detailed because I just think that it's so great. But um, it's just, it's really cool because these girls, they're, they're being trained by a woman who is the daughter of this witch who's known as, um, <laughs> she's known as the Supreme and everybody wants to be the Supreme. Like, it's a big deal. And it has like an all-star cast, like Kathy Bates, like, oh my God, I hated her so much in this. I love her, but I hate her, you know. Um, Angela Bassett's in this and she's so hot. Oh my God, I just want to be her. So there's just so much to love about it. If you haven't checked this one out and you like witchcraft, you like drama, you like twists and turns with gore, um, this one may be the one for you. And if you already watched it already, I think that it's a good time for you to rewatch it because it's been a, a long time for me. I haven't watched it since it aired back in 2013. But trigger warning, there's a lot of dark stuff in this. Yeah. Yeah. Basically starts with some really yeah. dark stuff. Really horrible. So, but... um. If, yeah, okay. All right. Well, that's what I watched. Aww. Well, plus, it's just, they did a really good, I thought they did a really great job with uh, New Orleans, too. They did. Because you kind of capture it without, oh, okay, there's a there's a 
parade with a live band going down mm-hmm. the street. Oh, there's Mardi Gras. Like, just, like, the Garden District. Yeah. And history with, like, Voodoo and mm-hmm. uh, uh, the Axeman legend. Oh, my God. And all those other things. There's so many cool things. If you don't know, John loves New Orleans. This is I do, yeah. just just a little bit. A little bit. I miss Aww. it lots. I know. New Orleans, man. I'll, I'll go back sooner or later. I miss See. Go get some beignets. <laughs> sure. You don't like beignets? They're fine. What? I just there's so many other things. I want grilled oysters so bad. I want to go back to Commander's Palace. I want fried chicken. <laughs> I want all the stuff. Okay. Well, okay. I, I <laughs> yeah. guess. I guess. Uh, I treated myself. Uh, I got the All the Haunts BRs Folk Horror Compendium box sets. Whoa. So, yeah. It's it's on Severin. It's pricey, but, you know, I treated myself. I don't really buy Treat them. yourself. I treated myself. Um <laughs> And I also got a little lazy because I dug into it this weekend and I just watched both movies on the same disc. I didn't even move off the disc um, for this week, which means that they're very similar thematically. Um, so I, the first one I watched is Kadaicha, which is also mm-hmm. known as Stones of Death. It was released in 1988. I think it said it was a made-for-TV movie. It's a, It's Australian. Um, the residents of a housing development find themselves in trouble after they discover that their development was built on top of a sacred Aboriginal graveyard, on which a curse was placed upon anyone who disturbed it. So really, it is uh, a little bit Nightmare on Elm Street meets Poltergeist with a uh, Aboriginal twist. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like a, this community development's was built over this graveyard. And so these teens start having nightmares of this, uh, like shaman and he'll give them a stone, a Kadaicha stone. And so they, that marks them for death. And, uh, and so really the deaths happen during waking hours and it's kind of almost always animal related. Like somebody gets this crazy funnel web spider to the eye and Oh, Whoa. Yeah, so it's fun. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's spiders and eyes, so it's it's good for Mega. It's fun. I do think it's a little bit slower paced. Uh, I definitely, you know, when you're comparing it to the influences it's drawing from, um, I do think it's kind of interesting that, I mean, they're treating this, it was approached like a commercial horror movie, like a teen horror movie. The influences are there. I think it's interesting that, you know, everybody always kind of for, assumes the trope of, you know, burying or, you know, building something on top of an Indian burial grounds was poltergeist, which really that didn't happen. But this does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of actually this commercial horror movie that's reckoning with, you know trauma of a land and its history so you know it's interesting it doesn't ever really go that deep but it is interesting and how that approaches it um so you know i wouldn't elevate this and you know i would watch nightmare on elm street and poltergeist first but for region specific horror from the 80s it's pretty interesting um the poster yeah yeah. I like the stones too. I'm not supposed to like the stones because it means that I'm going to die, but they're really no. cool looking. 
So, yeah, I guess, you know, I'm glad I don't have any funnel web spiders in my neck of the woods. Uh, and then I think we all should be. Yeah. yeah. Um, Elliot might. Be careful, Elliot. Yeah, stay safe. Australia is a dangerous place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how Spider. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. You Go can't ahead. see her, but she's making a floral sweater mustache right now. Yeah. She's she's kind of hiding. Yeah. Because I didn't. Because it was just I. Whenever I think about Australia, I think about wolf spiders. You know, and oh, they're all sure. huntsman and... spiders. You mean like the huntsman? Yes. We have yes, wolf spiders. Okay. It's just they're just so ugly and scary. But they're harmless. Of all no. the things you could encounter no. in Australia that might kill you, huntsman spiders are not one of them. I okay. have no fear of spi- spiders, though. What if you're sleeping and one is just on your face, on your leg, on the well, wall? Well, I'm sleeping, right? Oh, you but get you one of those up. brown recluses oh where you, like God. they bite you and your skin goes all necrotic from it. Look at you try and make her scared. Shame, John. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Megan's like, yeah, whatever. I got it. I got this. <laughs> Uh, I'm like uh, John Goodman in arachnophobia. Perfect. Oh, he's so great. He is great, right? Uh, yeah. So then, yeah, there's a total, we went down a spiral there. Uh, I also watched The Dreaming, which is also Australian folk horror released in 1988. And this one is far more adult and dreamlike. Very kind of, it reminds me of uh, Dark Waters, 1993's Dark Waters. I don't know if you've seen mm. that one, but it's got that dream mm-hmm. logic to this one. Uh, when a group of indigenous activists attempt to re- repatriate ancestral artifacts found in a cave on Australia's Kangaroo Island, uh, one of them is shot, evading police, and taken to a local hospital. When the patient dies in the doctor's care, uh, the doctor starts experiencing strange visions relating to the violent events from the past. It is really interesting. Uh, like I said, this one relies heavily on dream logic. Again, dealing with past traumas. This one has like, it almost reminds me a little bit of the th- uh, the fog in a way because mm-hmm. the past tormenting and kind of inhabiting some of these people is canadian whalers these canadian whalers like hundreds of years ago invaded and were really not they were basically viking pillagers um so there's this yeah they're haunting jerks and i don't know i don't know that i fully understand this one it's definitely interesting and i also like that it's john noble's first movie I don't know if you know John Noble. He's uh he's in Fringe. He's also in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh yeah. Yeah. So this was his very first role, baby John Noble. Aww. But yeah. So I dove into Australian folk horror this weekend. Nice. Nothing wrong with that. No. Not that there was supposed to be anything wrong with that. That's just how terrible <laughs> I'm at conversation sometimes. <laughs> it's okay, Peggy. Speaking of being terrible at stuff, I couldn't pick any movies for this week, even with Megan and Zena's help. So I only have the movies they picked for me last week. Though I do have my Vinegar Vinegar Syndrome DVD finally arrived today, and I'll watch it for next week. Yeah. No spoilers okay. still. So I started out with 1984, Megan's pick, 1984 Silent, Light, Silent Night, Deadly Night on Tubi. Little Billy witnesses his parents getting killed by Santa after being warned by his senile grandpa that Santa punishes those who are naughty. Naughty. Now Billy is 18 and out of the orphanage, 
and he has just become Santa himself. This, I, you know, I tell you what, if this is what it takes to turn someone into a Santa-based serial killer, I think we're all pretty safe from Santa-based serial <laughs> killer. The number of things that had to happen <laughs> for this to have happened in the first place, like, this is no spoiler, because first of all, I just said it. It's a part of it. But, like, him visiting his grandpa at the very opening, and his grandpa only becoming lucid for this tiny window that he's alone with him, and just long enough to tell him that Santa's basically going to kill him for being naughty. And then, other Santa... Okay, I'm, I don't want to spoil anything beyond that, but then other Santa-related things have to really go off the rails... <laughs> And then you have to be put into an orphanage with a really, really brutal nun. Mother who's Superior. more than happy. Yeah, Mother Superior just to, to beat the sin out of you, which we all know works great. And then all these. Anyway, long story short, as strange as it started out for me, like, what is going on? I actually did really like it by the end. Because it's almost a comedy of errors through the entire thing, but not played for laughs. Between, like, mistakes that the cops make and some of the choices that happen at the store he works at and everything else, it's just, like, the run of bad luck that has to happen from point A to B to C is amazing. Can you imagine, you know, because I think a lot of this movie's success had to do with the controversy. You know, people were mm-hmm. protesting this movie. How dare you make Santa a killer? So yeah. I feel like that what? type of thing. Yeah. I mean, they in 84, people couldn't wrap their heads around the idea of making someone dressed up as Santa a killer. Yeah. It was actually Santa. Super controversial mm-hmm. at the time, which is why if, if that movie had not drummed up all the the publicity from people losing their minds over this. What kind of, like, what would it, would it be a a classic? Because this is one of the pillar, like, the foundational holiday horror movies. Would it be a classic? Would it have spawned, what, five, four sequels? How many sequels are there? I think there's, are there only five? And a remake? And a remake. There are five of these. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, they get they get. You, this was the the most normal of the bunch. So, <laughs> so not only was I not aware that that there was controversy around this, I had heard the title of the movie before. Yeah. I just never seen it. I had no concept that there would end up being five. Well, thank you, protesters. Evidently, <laughs> those those movie makers had to be thinking their lucky stars that people decided to freak out about it. And thanks for like one of the more handsome killers in horror why they made him a pretty boy that's surprising not only (laughs) also one of the weirdest moments in the movie for me is when little billy all grows up for those of you who haven't seen the movie this isn't a spoiler by any means when he grows up one of one of the nice nuns who's helped him out during his time at the orphanage helps him to get a job And she wants him to get a job just at the store. And she's desperate. There's no jobs available at any of the other stores. And she's, please, would you just take Billy? Like, I I think she even refers to him as a boy. Yes. I don't know why. He's 18. I guess he's still a boy. I suppose he's still a boy, especially in her eyes. And please, this boy, he just needs a job. Just help help this poor boy out. Oh, I'm going to be 
handle like handling boxes and stocking shelves. I don't need a boy. I need a man. And and in that moment, like she gets this wry little smile, like okay, like she instead of just saying, okay, Billy's really tall and strong. <laughs> she like calls him over, and there's this weird slow pan up as the manager of the store looks him up and down. Where I'm like, what's gonna happen in the rest of this movie? <laughs> this guy's reaction but you know but nothing it was just this really strange way of revealing that billy had grown up and he's like a six two muscular pretty looking man but you know what i think is crazy going back to the senile grandpa why would you leave your kid alone <laughs> you left him alone with him yeah no that you... makes no sense why did both parents have to leave that's crazy They're terrible talk. and then at the same time like, on top of it, when he does talk, like, the grandpa does talk to Billy, they don't completely, the weird part is they don't completely dismiss it. They're like, maybe he did, even though he hasn't talked in years. Like, normally in movies, they'd totally dismiss it. Oh, the kid's crazy. But they also don't really believe him. So it's just this really weird moment where it's like, I don't actually think you needed to plant that seed in his head necessarily because what happens later after the nursing home I feel like that's way more formative to me personally mm -hmm. than in, <laughs> but I suppose it's a combination of the two. Anyway, Silent Night, Deadly Night on Tubi. If you're like me and haven't seen a controversy surrounded Christmas classic that spawned four sequels, check it out. And then I watched 2021's Better Watch Out also on Tubi. Xena's pick for me. On a quiet suburban street. A babysitter must defend a 12-year-old boy from intruders, only to discover it's far from a normal home invasion. I actually don't think I can say anything about this movie. Yeah. Actually, this isn't 2020. This was like 2019 or something. 2017. Um, 2017. Uh, I don't think I can say anything about this movie that doesn't turn into a spoiler. Mm -hmm. Um. So what I'm going to say right now is purely for Megan and Zena, and nobody else is going to hear it. Now that nobody who's listening to this podcast has heard anything of what I just said, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and move on and say that Better Watch Out definitely has a, a twist within the first 20 minutes, mm -hmm. I think. And it's a very hard right turn, and it's very unexpected. And if you're anything like me, you may have found the person you hate, at least in like your top five all-time hated characters in horror movies. Mm -hmm. And this person might be number one for me. Yeah. And I'm not going to spoil it if you haven't seen it, because I feel like it just gives way too much away yes. if I say anything else. And if you haven't seen it, don't watch a trailer or read any reviews. Just watch nope, it. Just go. Just better watch out. You can find it. I found it on Tubi. I think you two said it was on most of the, the mm -hmm. streaming options, but it was on available on Tubi. Okay. Before we move on, what do we watch and how do we watch it? I checked out The House of the Dead, a.k.a. Alien Zone on Tubi, and American Horror Story Coven on Netflix. I watched Kadaicha and The Dreaming, both of them on Blu-ray, part of the um, Severin Folk Horror box set, All the Haunts VRs. And I watched Silent Night, Deadly Night on Tubi, and Better Watch Out, also on Tubi. All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? Rah, rah, rah. It's Xena News. That's like <laughs> the best I got for cheerleading. Yeah. Uh, 
cheerleading movie franchise, Bring It On, is getting a Halloween horror entry, and it will be titled Bring It On, Cheer or Die. Uh, Missy Pyle, who's starred in uh, Why the Last Man, Carrie Metters, and Tierra Scovby, uh, will star in the highly anticipated... Is it highly anticipated, Zena? It is to me. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here. Highly anticipated sci-fi original movie and all new spine-tingling installment of the beloved cheerleading film franchise. The brand new film is being directed by Karen Lamb, uh, who's behind. She's directed sci-fi's Ghost Wars and Van Helsing. Uh, she's going to bring a plethora of genre filmmaking and experience and, and a fresh new perspective to the Bring It On family. From Universal 1440 Entertainment and Beacon Pictures, Bring It On, Cheer or Die follows a cheer squad as they practice their routines overnight in an abandoned school during Halloween weekend where one by one the teens fall victim to a deranged assailant. Currently wrapping production in Winnipeg, Canada, the film will debut on non-theatrical platforms worldwide and will appear on Sci-Fi in fall 2022. 2022, which makes sense because it's a Halloween movie, which mm -hmm. I like Halloween movies. Um, we are excited to team up with Sci-Fi to continue this ever-popular franchise with an all-new installment from renowned filmmaker Karen Lamb, the very first female director of the movie series. That's kind of surprising. That Said is. Glenn Ross, uh, the general manager, general manager and executive vice president of Universal 1440 Entertainment. And, uh, yeah, the film is written by Rebecca McKendry Ooh. and Dana Schwartz. So Dana Schwartz is behind She-Hulk, I guess the upcoming She-Hulk um, TV series. But Rebecca McKendry should probably be familiar to some of you. Uh, she directed and co-wrote, uh, well, co-directed and co-wrote All the Creatures Were Stirring, another uh, holiday horror movie that you can find on Shutter right now. But she's also a longtime um, Fangoria uh, writer, editor. Mm -hmm. I think she's done editor a lot of stuff. Yeah. She does the podcast uh, All the Colors in the Dark with Elric Kane. Yeah, she's basically one of the smartest genre fixtures ever. So, yeah, she co-wrote it. She's very giving fabulous. you another reason to look forward to that. Um, and then another kind of from somebody we're familiar with. Uh, production is underway for Brooklyn 45, the latest by filmmaker Ted Geohagen. Ted Geohagen previously directed We Are Still Here, which I really love, and Mohawk, which is also pretty solid. The supernatural thriller was commissioned by Shudder, so it's going to head to the streaming service in 2022. The film is set on a freezing evening in December 1945 as five military veterans gather together in the ornate par parlor of a Brooklyn brownstone. Best friends since childhood, they have reunited to support their troubled host, but when his invitation for cocktails turns into an impromptu seance, the metaphoric ghosts of their past become all too literal. Geo Hagen, who wrote the film with assistance from his late father, an Air Force veteran, told uh, he made a statement saying, Since losing my dad, I've been obsessed with bringing the powerful, timely script we collaborated on to the screen. A story of the ghosts, rage, and toxicity that follow all human conflict. The heart of Brooklyn 45 beats just as poignantly today as it did when the film was set 75, uh, 76 long years ago. Stars Anne Ramsey, Ezra Buzzington, Jeremy Holm, Larry Fessenden, Ronnie Rains, and Christina Kleb Klebe? Yeah. So, yeah, that's I think sweet. it's really sweet that he, yeah. he's, this is kind of like for his dad, that he worked Aww. on with his dad. So that's two new things to look forward to next year. And those are two, I guess, kind of original-ish. Yeah. I guess it's like franchise sequel, maybe not. 
But anyway, here's where we're dipping into more familiar territory. Uh, Darren Bowsman's reboot, Spiral, from the Book of Saw, pulled in $40 million worldwide earlier this year. Not really in the same ballpark as the previous franchise highs, but it's uh, still enough to earn a another Saw movie. Um, Pretty solid in the pandemic. Yeah. Considering theaters had just opened up again. Yeah. I mean, it did well, so we're getting more is the gist of, of that. Um, Yay. So, yeah, Spiral from the Book of Saw, Rodder. Rodder. I just made up words. Spiral from the Book of Saw writer Josh Stolberg confirms in a tweet that he's currently polishing up the next Saw script. So obviously there's nothing really updating wise other than we know it's coming and a tease of what we can expect. What I can promise you is that this is going to make John Kramer fans very happy. He tweeted suggesting that Tobin Bell's uh, John Kramer may be coming back to the screen or... At the very least, uh, the story might incorporate him because Spiral from the Book of Saw was completely standalone. So, of course, uh, if you do need a recap, John Kramer, and I'm not even going to get into that. I'm not going to recap one because that could be spoiler if you're not caught up. Yeah. Two, yeah. Yeah. that's diving into a very convoluted uh, history <laughs> yeah. that we do not have time for because... It's like- Trying to figure out Halloween's timeline. Yeah, they well, that's I feel like that's a little bit easier to keep track of, at least. Than I think it saw. actually is. So yeah. By the time you get to Jigsaw, good luck. Yeah, it gets a little complicated. So that's that's opening up a can of worms we don't have time for. But either way, there's more to look forward to on the way. Uh, and then yeah. last but not least, uh, James Wan is on board as executive producer for a supernatural horror series titled Archive 81 for Netflix, inspired by the found footage podcast of the same name. And it will premiere right around the corner on January 14th, 2022. Uh, Archive 81 will star Underwater's Mamadou Athi. He he was also in uh, Black Box, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. It's just making sure because I knew... You were a big fan of that one. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and also will star Dina Shahabi, Martin Donovan, Matt McGorry, Julia Chan, and Ariana Neal. In the series, when archivist Dan Turner, which is Mamadou, takes a mysterious job restoring a collection of damaged videotapes from 1994, he finds himself reconstructing the work of documentary filmmaker Melody Pendris in her investigation into a dangerous cult. As Dan is drawn into Melody's story, he becomes convinced he can save her from the terrifying end she met 25 years ago. Mark Solinger and Daniel Powell created the podcast and will co-produce the series. Stranger Things director Rebecca Thomas is on board to direct half the debut season. It is an original story loosely inspired by the popular podcast of the same name. Uh, So, yeah. It's executive produced by James Wan and Michael Clear of Atomic Monster. And it is literally weeks away from dropping on Netflix. Yeah, I'm not jealous at all. <laughs> Archive 81 started like the exact same time my first podcast did, too. Oh, really? You're next, Sean. Yeah. You're next. Don't worry. Both, but, no, I'm not. It's, that boat <laughs> no. long. That sailed a long time ago. How did it sail? <laughs> I don't think anyone's li- listening to my old podcasts. No, that's but what true. about your new one? My new one's an anthology series. Yeah, and anthology series happen all the time. There you go. Well, give me a call. And if nothing, worst case scenario, it's 224-475-1040. There you go. You heard it here. But I am looking for I am looking forward to it. I like seeing podcasts that, get, or that are getting adapted. Um it, whatever it is, if it's 
if it's features, if it's limited run series, whatever it is, because what it's showing is that podcasts, if nothing else, what they're proving is that the market exists. Um, obviously shows like homecoming homecoming was different because homecoming essentially was set to be a series before the podcast ever started. And then they did the podcast kind of testing out the waters, and, but now, you know, they're seeing how many downloads a podcast can get and what sort of a fan base you can have. And they're like, Oh, okay. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like Stephen King where Stephen King is this constant trove of material because he's got a fan base. He's got a name behind it. And I think podcasting, especially fiction podcasts, it's just more and more opportunities. I just hope they do it really well so that more podcasts, not necessarily mine, can get adapted. Um, that'd be awesome. Way to go, guys. I, I'm not bitter. It's fine. <laughs> All right, listeners, your turn. Need more cheerleader horror in your life? Are you not bitter about old stuff? No, not, not going to talk about it. Do you want more Saw, even if it's convoluted? Did you like the Book of Saws or Spiral as much as I did? You might not have, but I still want to hear about it. Number is 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes. Or feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast.gmail.com. Also, don't forget you can text us at the same number or send an email with or without singing. We appreciate both. Uh, finally, Zena's going to make all our lives easier and the sea of horror movie options and clue us in on what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching? It's kind of a quiet week, uh, which is understandable. Oh, Merry I Christmas. can't imagine why. Happy horror days. <laughs> well, what's, what's going on this week yeah. that I can't wait to be done? Naughty. That's what's happening. Naughty. I have a Christmas sweater that says that I'd rather it was Halloween. <laughs> well, me too. I agree. <laughs> okay, so Tuesday, the 21st, we have four movies that's coming out. The first one is called Benedetta, I believe. I don't know. So it will be out on... <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> helpful. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Hey, just Google something. <laughs> I don't know. You can pronounce it however you want. <laughs> yeah. Live your life. No, uh, okay, so it'll be available on VOD. And this one follows a 17th century nun in Italy who suffers from disturbing religious and erotic visions. She's assisted by as a companion. One as one does. Don't we all, yeah. <laughs> She's assisted by a companion, and uh, the relationship between the two women develops into a romantic affair. Then the next one, um, I may butcher it, but here we go. Arabato. <laughs> You're having a hard go this time. <laughs> At least I'm trying, John. You AKA are, no, I appreciate. Rapture. We'll go with Thank the translation. You. There you go. Yeah, I'm not, lo I'm looking at these and I can't do any better than what you're doing. You're doing great. Thank you. So it will be a 4K uh, release. Uh, this is a low budget horror um, uh, film and it follows like a low budget horror filmmaker who gets in touch with an eccentric person who's trying to uh, get over his drug abuse. So I've never heard of this movie before. I believe it came out in the 70s. So just in case, yes, yeah, seventy nine. So uh, you can keep a lookout for that one. And apparent, okay. Anyway, um, Antlers will be available. I was gonna go into more. I was gonna go down a rabbit hole. Okay, and then Antlers will be available on VOD. Um, so just in case if you haven't had a chance to check this one out, you may want to. Uh, it uh, takes place in a small town in Oregon, and a teacher and her brother and the local sheriff discover a young student is harboring a dangerous secret that could have frightening consequences. Um. I checked out this movie. I liked it overall, but just so you know, it is very bleak. But it's it's mm. it's a beautiful movie. It's beautiful. 
Then we also have all beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> then we beautiful. also have R O H, um, aka Soul. It'll be available on DVD. And this Malaysian independent horror: a strange girl visits a vulnerable mother and her two children with a frightening prediction, and the forest comes alive with terror. Then on Friday the twenty fourth, um, Christmas Eve, the scary, the scary of the sixty first. It'll be available on VOD. VOD. Why do I VOD. keep always? I love to say that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Two roommates' uh, lives are pretty much. I actually checked this movie out, and this movie's wild. Okay. I recommend don't watch the trailer. Just watch it. It'll make you feel uncomfortable. And I don't know what to think about it. Just being real with you. And just in case if you missed it, Halloween Kills, the extended cut is available on VOD. And Nightmare Alley is in theaters. So if you want to like lighten up your life and stuff, check it out. And if you're just like, oh, I don't know. Okay, Bloody Disgusting TV is always there for you as well as Scream Box. Thank you. You're welcome. And that's the Bloody Disgusting podcast for this week. Everyone, if you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at Haunted Meg. Xena can be found on her own site, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at Lovely Xena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BDisgustingPod, or drop us an email at BDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And for even more content and rewards, check us out on patreon.com slash BDisgustingPod. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Mm-hmm.